Hey, Bobby Manning here. Darn report post game live. Night crew, night shift is in for one Late last one. time. This is the last Late 10 one. o'clock game of the year. Jimmy's checking in. Good time to yeah, do it. Yeah, I stayed Jimmy. up late for this. One of these. We won't have another one of these till like November. I know. So I figured I had to make one late, you know, after dark appearance because uh, that's where all the fun happens. You know, I saw you guys, all four of you guys were on the last show and I, I felt kind of left out, even though I was fast asleep at that point. I watched it the next day. I was like, wow, these guys showed up and here I am on the outside looking in. We had a blast last night. I, <laughs> my memory's a little foggy of it, but it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, jokes flying everywhere. The March Madness bracket, we did some predictions and yep. we'll update everybody on those. Uh, if you don't know already, we are doing a March Madness of our own March Madness things. Yes, a Garn Report March Madness. Vote for your favorite Garn Report things. Essentially, phenomenal Moments, things. Yeah, exactly. Smart. I try to get video. Alleged. That's alleged. By the way, I That's... think you. I think you hacked in and scrapped the. Oh video no! It's it's, it's the only. It's still out there. I probably have it saved on my own phone because because i had to document the fakeness of it just the to bike's make sure. gonna be a strong contender bike shouldn't be a three seed bike to me that's like almost a one seed bike watch is that like a sneaky three seed that i feel like is definitely gonna run you know run into the uh, final four i'd be surprised if we didn't a lot of my hats are in there it's a lot of bobby it's it's all bobby stuff so bobby's, <laughs> gonna, be, bobby's gonna be hard to beat in general i think um the polls are actually being run on the on the YouTube chat for March oh, Madness really? too. Yeah, so if you're on the YouTube chat, you can actually um, vote in that chat, and it'll all um, add up together in the end. So um, if you're watching the show on one of the YouTube channels, you should be able to see the polls in there, and you guys can uh, cast your votes. It's going to going to be a uh, a crazy crazy tournament. That's well, let's. It's it's a lot of it's gonna be a lot of that tonight. It's that kind of game. Another blowout. Celtics pretty much win every game at this point. It's crazy. Another blowout. It's old hat now. It's kind of boring. Groundhog Day. We used to say Groundhog Day for all the wrong reasons. Now it's yes. like Groundhog Day again. You know, it's another blowout. What can you do? What do you, what can you say? Jason Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown lead the way. Tatum just looks like a man a man among boys out there at times. You know, he's got this like confidence about him right now. This like attitude that. Personally, I was waiting for it all season, and it's just starting to show up over the last month or so. He's got that swagger out there, and I said it a couple of shows ago, like opposing fans are taking notice. You know, the oohs and the ahs. You can hear him in the crowd when he gets going. And, um, you know, I know I know in Sacramento it's probably half a crowd there because that, that arena wasn't exactly uh, full tonight. But Probably um, plenty of Celtics people, whether it's yeah, totally. Southern California fans or – Northwest fans, there's a, there's a lot of people out there that can travel to Sacramento for a game like this. I know Peyton Pritchard Cheaper had a lot ticket of people than in the crowd. Yeah, so ton of Celtics fans in there. I, I heard Grandy talking about that too, and he was actually out there with Scal, uh, the Celtics <laughs> presence in the crowd. We saw that in Charlotte. We've seen that in a bunch of road games this year, and the Celtics now three games over 500 on the road. Uh, as you said, Jimmy, 15 games over 500. Remember we were doing the 500 ride? for like oh, yeah. two years too long and now it's it's not even close they are way above 500 yesterday they clinched the game and they clinched a better record than last season with the 41st win there or the 42nd win rather to go for over 500 so 
no doubt about it, better season than last year. And it's crazy because to start this year, looked like it was worse. The meltdowns, uh, the defense was fine, but the offense was in the dump, and the amount of blown games that were going on was unbelievable. I don't know who's running the chat here, but it's firing away. That's me. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Jimmy doing some work late night. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm just rifling through some comments, like, you know, letting the people know that we see you. We see you in there. So, yeah, Tatum's a good place to start. Hit seven of his first nine from three. King's single-teaming him. Obviously, you see the plus 40. He wasn't any part of that blown lead in the third where it got down to nine. Uh, So, his defense, big part of shutting the Kings down for stretches there, as well as his offense setting a tone. I don't know how any team single-teams him. And, you know, the... Brown got going, so I guess maybe that's part of it. But these guys don't play a lot of minutes together, so there was plenty of opportunities for Sacramento in that first half to throw some doubles, throw some blitzes his way. They started to do that in the second half. He slowed way down, but it was way too late. They were already down 23 at the start of the third quarter there. So this is the game with him. I still think you can throw him off a little bit if you blitz him, if you make other guys hurt you. We've seen that in some recent losses like Dallas. Uh, But if you just... Try to guard Tatum one-on-one right now. He's in a place where he's just going to scorch you. He's got the flamethrower out right now. I thought he was going to go for 50 in this one, starting with 22 early in the second. Yeah, I mean, he, he was on. And, and even when they doubled him, he was finding ways to kind of get out of that. You know, his passing is just on another level right now. He's seeing the the court, you know, much clearer than he was to start the year. Um, and that's really kind of unlocked him. I think that's made him more of a, conf- a more confident player. Um, on both ends, the fact that he's, you know, I think not thinking as much out there. He's just kind of letting the game come to him and using his instincts. So I think that, um, you know, that's tran- that's translating to his comfortability on the offensive end. And, like, man, every every shot he takes, you just kind of think it went in. I mean, his field goal percentage tonight was unbelievable. I think I saw 12 or 15, uh, if, if that's how it ended. Um, 12 or 16, yeah. 12 or 16, okay, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, really, like – you can't ask for anything better than that. I mean, if you're, if, if you're, you know, that his style of play. And then, you know, we, we gotta, you know, we joke about not mentioning Jalen Brown all the time, but we do have to give him his props as well because him and Tatum were kind of going back and forth tonight. Um, and it wasn't like in a bad way. It wasn't like one guy's offense was hurting the other guy. So um, this was one of those games where both players were on um, and, and, you know, I would say making each other better. Um, which is one of our big concerns to start the season and last season was their inability to do that. It was like my turn, your turn. We said it a million times. So um, not the case tonight. And um, listen, they needed these guys tonight because the bench continues to be an issue. And I know we'll get into that a little bit later, Um, but these are your two, this is your two headed monster, you know, Brown and Tatum. And you're only going to go as far as these guys take you. And tonight they took you as more than, you know, more than as far as you need to go for sure. I'm excited about Brown. He comes into this one and I thought had probably one of his three to five best shooting games of the season. Definitely his best since mm-hmm. February. He's been in this big slump to start March, missing a bunch of shots inside. Missing free throws still. I don't know what's going on with him there. Yeah. Hard to tell. That's just a random thing that guys go through and he's gone through for essentially his whole career. So it's kind of abnormal for him to be missing those, but I'm noticing that more and more, but overall great here. Finishing shots. You talk about them connecting, start that third came through a nice skip pass out of the double team and got Brown going downhill for the free throws. We always talk about how much are they going to pass to each other? So it's always a pleasant 
Uh, I'm not even surprised anymore. It's just pleasant to see them working back and forth on plays like that. And Brown steady throughout, getting downhill, super aggressive early. I talk about this with him. Even Ray hasn't played well. He's been critical for cracking the lid off the basket, whatever phrase you want to use there when the offense is struggling. Because you went in the other night, Jimmy, that Warriors game early was a grind. Both teams not scoring, two best defenses in the NBA. And who's the one just giving the Celtics that slight edge early? It's Brown just tearing through the middle. Uh, you know, sometimes getting blocked in there, but getting his own rebound back, finishing in this game, and doing things like that and getting to the free throw line aggressively, even if he's not hitting them at a high rate, it's important. And there's not many games, even when he does struggle, that he's out of the picture. He's shooting a lot. He's super involved. And I'll take it, even if he's shooting a little bit worse this year, having an overall worse year statistically. The sheer points that he's given them, I think, are important. And it's a big reason this offense has emerged as a top 10 unit in this new year. Yeah, I mean, I think we've, you know, we've talked about on the chat and stuff that Brown just hasn't looked as sharp lately, you know, something's off with him and we're not really sure what it is, if it's injury or, or whatnot, but tonight was one of those games where he he brought it and he looked a lot more like the Jalen Brown that we've seen, you know, in, I don't want to say flashes because he's been more consistent than, you know, he's been more of the productive Jalen Brown than not. So I'm not going to say inconsistent in that sense, but I think everyone would agree recently um, that he's been a little off. And whether that's with the ball handling, whether that's with the shot, um, whether that's just looking disengaged out there at points. But I think tonight, you know, it was one of those start to finish type nights where um, he got going. And again, it was like the, the two man show. I mean, these guys were clearing away, you know, the most the, the, well, I, w- I won't say clearing away because Sabonis had an unbelievable night, too, for for the Kings. But those three players were clearly, um, you know, above and beyond a lot of the rest uh, of the guys out there tonight. So. It's too bad about Sabonis. I mean, I know, I know, we're not going to talk about him too much, but me and you are big Sabonis guys. Yeah, and it, you know, the guy goes 30, 20, and five tonight. I mean, just an unbelievable stat line, and it's, he's honestly capable of, of those numbers. Like more often than not, he's a, just a great all-around big man. He's just got this. He just works. He works great, in there. Great touch, and honestly, he missed a lot of shots at the rim tonight. He should have had more than thirty points, but um. It's just sad that he's going to just sort of toil away on, on Sacramento. For, for he took all the Pacers' worst players with him. No yeah. offense to Justin Holiday and uh, Jeremy Lamb, who missed this game, but those yeah, weren't no Indiana's no best. Those, were, those weren't Indiana's best coming back with him. And he has to join the Kings cast that lost Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, oh, and it's, it's a couple of years. 2024, he's a free agent. So he has to grind through this for two more seasons after this. It's, oh, yeah. we want to see him. He didn't I didn't ask for I, any of this. I want to see him in Boston. I still go back and forth the way Rob's playing about if I'd go back in time and do that. Um, but that was the only one I would really consider trading Rob for. Now, obviously, it's out of the question. Sacramento's just going to stick with him out there, at least until that contract year. But, man, even if it wasn't Boston, you would have liked to have seen him go somewhere good. And it doesn't get any worse than where he went. Worse. It does not get any worse. I mean, how easy are they to score on? It was was Tatum and Brown running these teams sometimes. And listen, Sacramento earlier in the year was the first one where they beat this team by 60, essentially. It's just so easy to score on them. It's I know De'Aaron Fox didn't play in either of these games, 
So they're a little shorthanded. John will say, check it off the list as another opponent that is missing <laughs> a guy. It really <laughs> but is crazy, though. The <laughs> defense stinks. 28th in the league, just like last year. New coach, Alvin Gentry. I guess same staff, but they are just horrendous. And they went all in on this year with a Sabonis move. And they're like four games back of the playing tournament. In the West, the West is bad this year. They're worse than the Lakers. The Lakers have been horrible. I know it's 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 tough because you actually thought that the Kings were on the right track, and then they go and make that trade that no didn't seem like any Kings fan liked that trade at all. Um, getting rid of um, I don't think anyone in the NBA world liked that, and that's rare. Everyone likes to disagree about everything. Right. Everyone likes to be a contrarian, but everyone saw that and was like, uh oh. And now they're four and eleven since the right. trade. Yeah, I mean, both teams have played pretty poorly. I think during the trade. I mean, I don't, I don't know if anyone thought that they were going to completely turn it around, anyways. But yeah, it's just tough for them. I mean, it, it, it's the Kings. The Kings are the Kings. They're one of those franchises where I just, I, I, man, I'm just so happy that I wasn't born a Kings fan because honestly, <laughs> like, it would be tough. I mean, I don't know how they do it over there. They, it's not a whole lot going on for them. I mean, you got to really love basketball, I guess, to to get up for those guys, but. Hopefully someday they can turn it around. I don't know what it's going to take because they just seem like one of those franchises that there's just no end in sight. Bless you. New owners. Um, yeah, I mean, they'll need something like that. Yeah, they need a culture change. That's what it is. I mean, maybe Sabonis can can help, you know, and obviously Fox is a is a really great, talented player too. Um, another guy that deserves, you know, good publicity and, and you know, winning teams. So I don't know what it's going to take, but, you know, that's that's King's talk. That, that's, that's the end of the King's talk um yeah you know you have to feel uh worse for is our old friend there um in the broadcast booth what's his what's his name why am i drawing a blank oh drapes our guy drapes Drapes, yes drapes is loving it over there you kidding me he's got his own t-shirts going around i think i saw (laughs) he's fitting right in over there he's got that california lifestyle going for him so i don't feel too bad but yeah i'm sure he would like to see um a more successful team for sure um you know it's just part of the fun I mean, we, we remember trade, what yeah. it was like the first half of this season. It felt like the Celtics were, you know, they probably had a worse record than the Kings, to be honest, to start the year. So, um, you know, it's it's turned around dramatically for the Celtics here. And it's special. It's it's honestly a special run that they're on. I don't know how deep they're going to go into the play. I don't know what's going to happen next because, like we've talked about, you know, some of these teams they've played, the guys have been undermanned or they've been bad teams. So, yes, the Celtics are taking care of business and they're dominating opponents and they're playing the best basketball, um, arguably in the NBA over, you know, the last three months here. Um, but you have to wonder how that's going to change when the playoffs come around, teams start to lock in on defense on their own end, guys get healthier, um, rotations shorten a little bit. So there's, there's a lot of questions to still ask. I mean, we're constantly checking the standings to try to figure out, you know, who the Celtics should, you know, want to play and who they match up with best. So, it's not like they're this shoe and number one team where it's like, yeah, give us whoever you want. We'll just, you know, take care of business. It doesn't, doesn't feel that way, but the difference is they should be able to go toe to toe with, with pretty much anybody in, in the, in the Eastern conference. Uh, so, I'm not saying that they're going to, they're going to win it against any team, but they should be competitive and it should make for a decent series. So Celtics had a chance to go up to three today uh, with Dallas in Philly Dallas obviously has been on a tear going back to that win on Sunday, but Philly did handle them here. 32 from Embiid, 24 from Harden. So they stay in three. Celtics firmly in four now. A game over Chicago who lost here. Chicago um, got worked tonight. 
against Phoenix. So that's where you want to be, essentially, I'd say. It's like that three to four-ish range. You either get a Cavs team or a Raptors team. I think that's our most exciting outcome is the Toronto series. Or the Chicago-Boston thing, which would probably have the potential to be, dare I say, 9-esque. I'm sure you really love that series, Jimmy, living the, that era. the totally. One of the most famous first-round series of all time. Uh, with the with firepower that these two teams have, uh, a lot of defense on both ends, if they're both going to be fully healthy, that would be something uh, i wouldn't be scared of it i think the scarier opponents in the east you don't want to see milwaukee uh, you don't want to see brooklyn certainly although i go back and forth on that one um chicago's scary but you can take them and you should take them if you're going to be a champion as i think they can be uh, so i wouldn't be dodging chicago but you would definitely have a easier time against cleveland toronto if you can move up one spot um philly interesting like doc had been teasing oh we're gonna arrest some guys a lot of people saying that maybe they were trying to dodge Brooklyn. So you might have a possibility, if they're doing that, of moving up to three. Bucks got the number one offense rolling right now for the last 15, and Miami's four ahead of Boston, I believe, at this point. So that's probably not in the cards. So that sweet spot, three, four, is where I think they're probably going to be. And you're going to be playing either a Chicago or a Cleveland or Toronto round one, which I think... Uh, you want to avoid Brooklyn. Yeah. You don't want a Brooklyn round one, especially. So that's the thing. Brooklyn's lurking there, but they're still pretty far back at seven. Right. At this point. Yeah. And you don't know. I mean, more Simmons news came out today that he's like not close to playing. More Kyrie so, news as well. New York standing yeah, firm. On yeah. The yeah. That's um, that's pretty tough um, news for them, I'm sure. I mean. I don't know what's I don't know what to say about that other than I mean that's what they're going that's what the city's going with and there's really no you know I mean it's, it's pretty been clear. the reality from day one NBA players have, are starting to come out against it you know we we heard LeBron say something we heard Durant say something so I don't know how much longer it's going to last or, but regardless it is it is what it is and they're going to have to deal with it um, the Simmons stuff to me is just crazier to be <laughs> to be honest I mean. Did anyone know that this guy had a back injury? <laughs> it developed, developed I mean, fairly quickly upon arrival. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, I don't hey, know. Hey, remember you and John wanted him here <laughs> once upon a time. Yeah, way back. I mean, when, <laughs> when it made made a little bit more sense. But yeah, now I wouldn't go near the guy with a 10 foot, 10 foot pole. I mean, he, does he want to play basketball? I don't know. I don't even know if he wants to play basketball. I, I really don't. So. I mean, if you're the Nets, you really – I mean, geez, I understand that there were issues with Harden. So this is the question, Man. right, right here. Where did – did it just appear? I guess it could have appeared within days of arrival. They do physicals. Like, yeah. I mean, like, what are they – like, what are they – All right, we want to take a little pause, tell everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online, betonline.ag. It's that time of year as college basketball takes center stage as the tournament is finally upon us looking to wager bet online is the number one spot for all your updated odds and information along with great contests including the bracket contest where you have a chance to take home the top prize head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code clns50 to get started bet online is your continued source for all your sport sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all the popular sports and games. Bet online where the game starts once again. 
head over there to the website, use that promo code CLNS50 and get started today. I can't figure it out. I thought I thought that Simmons wouldn't be playing by now. And the fact that he's not even practicing, he's not even he's not even doing one-on-one drills. Like Yeah, he's one on zero. <laughs> it's like Yao Ming against the chair, like back in the day, that infamous <laughs> clip. You know, it's like one gotta, on zero. And we've seen the clips. It's about forty percent energy, the shooting and the uh in the work he's doing yeah. in on his own court things. there. Just you're too young to you're uh, we'll too young get to, to the have next. a bad back. Too young to have a bad back, you know. Like, just get out there and, and play basketball. Let's see what happens. I can't. I, imagine. I don't. I don't want to talk about the Nets. We'll get to them. I. We at least have to get to Peyton Pritchard first, because this back is. To the Celtics. Yeah, we we went around the NBA right there. This is outstanding. We we okay. We got to talk about the bench. So if you want to start with Pritchard, we'll start with Pritchard. Yeah. So the bench right now, essentially Peyton Pritchard, uh, Grant Williams, Daniel Tice, and Derek White. Tice coming on. Over this last 10, 11 games, he has to try to get Horford some rest. I'm sorry. I know that my camera is like out of focus. I can't figure out why that is. So we're just going to keep it rolling. People are, people are messaging me about it. But there's a, the focus is on the lights. Maybe that's what you're trying to emphasize. Your nice lights. Is that what it's doing? Looks like it. But um, as for Pritchard, I've been tracking this thing over the last couple of weeks here. Happened in Golden State, happened in that Dallas game. It's happening pretty much every night. There we go. I'm nice back, focus. bitches. I'm back. Let's go. So Pritchard opens this fourth quarter. Three straight threes, pouring it on, catch and shoot, perfect roll for him. He's doing this every game now. I'm calling him the gentleman in the fourth. He's not this the king the, in the fourth. This is an Isaiah. The gentleman in the fourth. Wow. He's showing up and he's slamming the door. You know, he's closing the door softly with these threes early in the fourth. It's it's just routine. It's reliable. Two threes against Dallas. Two threes against Golden State. Three threes in the fourth against uh, the. He's getting his. Kings he's tonight. getting his. Um. He's getting his chance. And he's rolling with it. He's forty percent from three. I think I saw. I heard Grandy's stat like forty percent from three since. I don't know January one. December first. Like yeah. December one. Okay. I mean, like, that's what you need from a guy. You know, a guy who's your three point shooter. I mean, that forty percent is is the key number there. So um he's getting an opportunity now that um my friend dennis is gone and he's he's running with it he's getting he's earning that playing time i mean in the beginning of the season he was an afterthought you know he, he barely got you know barely got any burn and when he did he didn't he looked he looked kind of lost out there now he's kind of got a little bit more confidence he's getting the minutes he's proven that he can you know continue to hit those three-point shots that honestly when when he gets going i mean he, he's got some of the best range in the team to be honest so this is the Peyton Pritchard that you predicted would be the starting point guard by the end of the year. You're going to miss on that, but I think you were at least onto something in the sense that he's he has a place in this league and especially on this team in this rotation. Yeah, they need a shooting, and I don't know why they couldn't integrate him with Schroeder out there. I guess it's just Ime's thing of having a short rotation. So Pritchard's on the outside. Schroeder was part of that core seven eight there, and for a team that was starving for offense as much as they were i was stunned that they weren't rolling with them there so the biggest reason i wanted schroeder gone is i felt like the not only the addition by subtraction of schroeder for all the reasons that we debate not even getting into that the addition of pritchard being able to play develop some rhythm over 15 20 minutes and become the shooter that he is which is essentially a 40 percent shooter in this league that's who he is through two seasons now i think that's who he's showing to be more often than not when he's in catch and shoot opportunities and in that role so that's crucial for a team that doesn't have a lot of shooting and 
he has this pocket of time early in fourth quarters where the game's moderately close. He gets a few open looks and he's converting them. So this is the key doing more with less time. He's not getting the spot starts and the extended minutes of Kemba's absence and smarts injuries last year. It's still a different role than last year where Brad was letting him run wild for like 30 minutes. Some nights it's going to be a very small role for Pritchard come playoff time, but catch and shoot threes you know you can do that he's passing at a higher level i think he's a better passer than last year with the summer league experience that he got and his defense jimmy i am i think everyone's pleasantly surprised with the defense he plays with but when he gets caught in these mismatches they are doing some brilliant stuff to get him out of there scramble switches in the lane getting him right out to the perimeter and bringing in a big to fit in on the big man that's trying to go at him they're doing a little bit of that when he needs to front a guy, he can do it. There was a great play against Durant a couple weeks ago where Brown came flying around the blind side and stole the ball as he was attacking Pritchard. So you can't go at Pritchard. Teams get a little distracted doing it, and the Celtics have counters for it. And this is just the coaching of Eme. It's the defensive connectivity of this team. You can put Pritchard out there, who's obviously the weakest defensive link of their rotation, and you can still thrive. And he's giving you the shooting. So this is a massive development for this team. I agree. And they need all the bench help they can get right now. So if he's going to be the guy that steps up, not saying that nobody else is capable of stepping up. I mean, Grant Williams has done a commendable job coming off the bench this year. Um, You know, got to give him shout outs, but I do think that he's still somewhat limited in what he can provide for you. Um, And so is Pritchard, obviously, but they, you know, they both do what they do well. Um, And Pritchard, I had the comment up, you know, right now you're seeing a little bit more of Pritchard maybe than you thought because Derek White, your big trade deadline acquisition, um, you know, broke his broke his over streak tonight. We have we have over sixteen at the worst. We yes. have to we have to um, give a congratulations to Derek White. He did hit a shot tonight. Um, it had been quite some time. He had two shots tonight. Well, one was a dunk um, that actually broke the streak, and then he actually hit a three pointer. I'm gonna say yep. that it was worth staying up. It was worth staying up for this game. If you stayed up for the fourth quarter. You saw something very rare they might make. Um, what's that NFT that they're doing, uh, the NBA's doing? Um, what do they call it? Top this? shot? Top shot. They might make a top shot, Derek White three-point top shot, which would be a very rare card. So, you should um, get that one, Jimmy. Something to think about. But Derek White, that's three t- maybe that's going to get him off the snide a little bit um, because, man, does he need uh, Does he need to? Because the the, the – borderline black hole that he's been providing them on the offensive side of things has been troubling. Um, you know, we've talked about it. John would be beating the drum right now about it. He would have opened the show two first with round picks, two first <laughs> round picks. Oh my gosh. Richardson could be doing exactly what he would be doing. And, and you're paying him 17 million a year. So we'll sit, we'll spare you guys that level of criticism, but we do have to acknowledge that there has certainly been, you know, and I think Ime is starting to answer questions about it now. Um, you know, he's acknowledging that they need to get white, going back in the right direction. And listen, just like you, Bobby, and I'm sure a lot of these people watching, they we know what Derek, how Derek White can help the team and how he has been helping the team, right? It, obviously, he's doing it in other ways. He's doing it by facilitating. He's doing it on the defensive end. But that being said, you can't be a negative on offense. You can't be, uh, you know, a, a, an offer on offense. So um, that's going to have to get going. And, and I think – I think it will. I, I think this is a slump and, and players go through them and he's on a new team and a new system and all that stuff that we've talked about. And I'm not trying to make excuses for the guy, although it sounds like I am, but I'm just not willing to, I'm not willing to accept 
that he's this bad on offense. Put it that way. So that's Wait. what I'm kind of holding out hope that he can't possibly continue on this, you know, streak of missing shots. So let's go back to when they traded for him. I had Matthew Tynan on Dome Theory, who covers the Spurs down there on Substack, and he said it's been a weird year for White offensively. Hasn't shot well all season. That goes back to the Spurs days, the beginning of the year, and has been even worse since he's arrived here, down the mid-20s, three-point shooting-wise. So they feel good about him getting back to those low 30s. You'd obviously be in a much better place with him doing that. The problem is, and we talked about this after the last game, Sherrod hit on this, uh, they are guarding him differently now. They're backing off him. They want him to shoot. They're giving him the smart treatment almost, and smart's been mm-hmm. shooting well. So when those guys are out there together, they want to funnel the ball to White, who in the rhythm of the offense is making good decisions, is pushing the ball around, making good passes out of the corner, run some good pick and roll with Tice out there. There's a lot of different things that he's doing. I don't say that to defend them. It's just the truth. You know, he's not reliant on his scoring to make an impact, and he's certainly in the play for an all-defensive team this year. So he's playable. Yeah, I actually read on Basketball News they had him uh, second-team all-defense. Really? That would be kind of shocking to me. I'm not saying he's a bad defender. I just I haven't heard that. He's in, he's in the conversation, so I don't know if he'll get it. But he certainly That's like saying Jason Tatum's in the conversation for MVP. It's like, well, yeah, you just inserted him into the conversation, but like realistically he has a zero chance at being the MVP. Well, I mean White has a better chance on defense, but he's on the edge of that second team. There's a couple candidates okay. there. I'll give you that. Give so that. you know, he takes a lot of charges. He's top three in that sense. Yeah, he it's plays a, hard. I mean, no a million one, things no. he does, but sure. you can't have a guy out there for the minutes that he's out there, frankly unable to hit a shot at all looking hesitant didn't you did you hear scal talking about him babysitting the ball or however he described it uh, before he shoots that's essentially what we're seeing right now there's a hesitancy there's a frustration really uh, so when he hit that three you could you could just i don't know if you saw it but he was like a massive sigh of relief yes like kind of like held his arm up there for an extra second just to sort of just to sort of take it all in like okay yeah like that's what it feels like to hit a shot okay yeah i remember that feeling um, so maybe that's what he needs. You know, obviously he's thinking about it. He, he's not he's not naive to the fact that he's going through a slump right now, and I'm sure he's putting more pressure on himself than anybody else is too. So it's not meant to say, oh, Derek White, like worst trade ever. Like this guy sucks. He can't play. It's just acknowledging the fact that, yeah, he's obviously going through a, sl- a slump. Now we're going to have a couple of years to go over that trade. You know, we're going to be talking about that trade for a long time, and I'm sure like – you know, Derek White's going to need to do a lot more to make people, to make some people okay with that trade because just because of what they gave up, you know, the, the picks, the pick, well, the one pick and the pick swap, if we want to be completely accurate. Um, and then Richardson essentially. So, you know, Richardson could help you probably just as much as White's been helping you right now. You wish so, you could have both. I mean, that's the, sure. yeah. That's I mean, imagine if you, I'm kind I mean, of... could you have had both Bobby? We kind of chatted about this a little bit. I mean, it was just, was this a Wick being cheap move that prevented you from having it's it? Tough. So you, this is the key to me. You could have absorbed White into the TP, the Fournier one, uh, making roughly that kind of money this year, sixteen million ish. So you didn't need a match salary. Maybe you throw Romeo or Neesmith, or maybe both. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anyone would have been too mad about moving on for both of them. And we'll get to Neesmith by the end of the show here. I know I saw a couple Will people we? asking about him. <laughs> Well, he may address the he may address white too, and so he's fielding yeah, more he and more questions about the shooting here. Yeah. And I find two things interesting that he's talking about. His key to the end of the season 
keeps repeating it. He's talked about it a bunch of times as integrating White and Tice fully to this rotation. I think there's a sense on this coaching staff right now that they haven't been putting them in the best position to succeed. They haven't been running the best plays for him. You know, you saw him against Atlanta, the Atlanta game a couple weeks ago. They were running plays for him in the second quarter, getting him after Young, said this last show. And he really went off in that game and helped them win a tough game against the Hawks there at home. Uh, so there's been a moments where he's more involved and active on the ball. And he's almost a guy that you kind of have to urge, it feels like, to be active and involved and a playmaker and an aggressive shooter and scorer. He's one of those guys that just wants to pass, makes that extra dish, and you know get downhill and feed others. So he's got to get that run going to feel good, right? Get to the free throw line a little bit. That's obviously an area he's good at. Like They got to put him in more involved positions to succeed. And I think the conflict right now is getting Brown those second unit touches because they're out there together quite a bit and having White be more of an active on-ball player, whereas right now I think he's just in the corner a lot. I think he's cutting off ball a lot. Sometimes he doesn't get seen because we know Brown handles the ball sometimes. So I'd like to see White have the ball a lot more. In fact, I think White has 10 less touches per game than Brown last time I looked. And that's something that should probably balance out, especially the way Brown and you know, I see in the chat right now, I could even do some brown white pick and roll. Like, there's got to be some way to have him like center in the offense. Because um, right now, it just seems like he's in the corner a lot, right? Like, he shouldn't be a catch and shoot corner guy. It's just not who he is. No, I agree with you. I mean, I, I you know, I, I think that right now they're trying a bunch of different things. But are you, wait, you're talking about Derek White still? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Um, brown no, it's not, it's not who he is. What's that? Him and Brown are playing a lot together right. in that second unit. So I think that's where the conflict's well, coming up a little bit. Right. I mean, they're they're mixing and matching. I mean, Derek White has to be a part of both units. Like, he's he should be playing way more than he's playing, to be completely honest. And, like, they're trying to get him acclimated with the starters, trying to get him acclimated with the second unit. Right now, you've got, like, Tatum and the bench are playing, like, the best together, I would say, out of, you know, well, it's Tatum, so he can play well with anybody. But mm-hmm. there's a certain, like, comfortability that it's just not there with Derek White yet. I mean, now that being said, he's still able to make players better around him. And I think that was obviously one of the reasons why they brought him in because they wanted to take some of the heat off of Tatum and Brown, the ball handling. And that's working, right? Totally. Absolutely. I mean, it's totally working. So I, I think that in that sense, he's doing what they're asking him to do. It's just that you need to have a little bit more coming from him on the offensive side. Because what's going to happen is teams are going to start cheating more. And yeah. it's going to end up preventing, you know, we, we saw the doubles on Tatum earlier tonight. And, it's and gonna, can he close games? Well, right now, no. Yeah, I, I think the last close game, the Dallas one on Sunday, they closed with the starters and he was on the bench. So right. that's a big question right there. You want this guy to be one of your closing players. He's a playmaker. He's a guy that can defend. Zach Lowe even wrote today that, for them to be at their best offensively come playoff time, it can't be double big. It's going to have to be one big, your forwards, and a couple guards. Maybe Pritchard's going to close some games just with the way he's shooting right now. I think it's going to be a field thing for Ime. So there's not many games left, but there's still a lot of rotation questions to answer. Even with a short rotation and even with fairly reliable starting unit, like those questions aren't in play right now. It's that second unit through the middle of games. And the closing lineup, which I don't think has been set really all year. It's kind of been a mixed bag there. Um, So the big issue tonight, obviously, was that third quarter, the collapse there. Mm -hmm. Uh, They went from up 23 to 
up nine. It got pretty scary there. And White yeah. was on the floor. I believe Tice was on the floor for part of that stretch. Uh, you had Grant. Uh, you had Brown out there. Tatum ends at plus 40. And, you know, Pritchard cleaned it up with the plus big plus minus himself. But you see yeah. the splits across the plus minuses here based on that big run that they gave up against them there. So I don't know. I'm not making a huge deal out of that, but it was a rough patch here if we're going to nitpick a little bit. And try to figure out like what the sweet spot is for this rotation. Because that bench right now, just overall, I know it's not necessarily a bench. And Tatum's probably going to play like 42 minutes a night, 44 probably some nights when the playoffs come around. So this won't be as big of a problem. But right now, they're trying to go a little deeper. And it costs them in that stretch there. Uh, they just don't have the best second unit. It doesn't come together all that well. And I still think guys are trying to figure out a lot of stuff. Whether it's Brown with the ball handling, the white stuff we've talked about. Grant, I think, coming back to her just a little bit after a scorching stretch there for yeah. a bit. And I don't know how you feel about Tice and his run with the team so far. Well, I haven't seen enough of Tice. I mean, I I, I thought we would be seeing a lot more of him. Um, but I think down the stretch here, I mean, they've got a back-to-back. Don't they have a back-to-back coming up Sunday? Uh, yeah, Nuggets and Thunder. Yeah, so I, I'm thinking that you'll see him a little bit more um, coming up here. But you might, get... you might set Horford in Oklahoma. Well, I was just going to say, like, you need to – Horford needs to rest up a little bit, you know, um, you don't want Horford hitting a wall down the stretch here and into the playoffs where he's just, you know, he can't go the way he was because he's been huge for you guys this all season, you know, on, on the defensive end, especially offense has been a little, um, you know, hit or miss. Um, but you don't want him to run out of gas coming down the stretch here. So you need a guy like Tice that's going to be able to come in um, and, you know, just eat minutes and just, you know, no one's asking Tice to take over a game, but he should be able to contribute on both ends enough where Al can, you know, cut into his minutes significantly down the stretch here. And, you know, same with Rob, you know, if you can get Rob a little spell here and there, like that's what you need from your bench guys. You know, they, you need to have guys that you can depend to come in, sort of just hold it down for a bit and, you know, give these guys a little wind and then get into the playoffs healthy. And that's what I want Tice to do. I'm, I'm not expecting a whole lot out of the guy. I don't think anybody should be, but I feel like he has played much less than I anticipated. He would. Yeah, I only feel like the one great game he had and played quite a bit in was that Philly blowout where Horford got into the foul trouble early. He's got some experience against Embiid. I'm not going to say success against Embiid because we've seen Embiid just kind of knock him in the row five sure. yeah. <laughs> a couple of times over the years. That's when you want Horford in there. Yeah, sure. so... He can give you something. That's what I'll say. Eight minutes, I think, as you described it, there's a good way to talk about it. I mean, he knows the system. He can switch. Right. He's long, rebounds, he runs the pick and roll, and he can shoot a tiny bit. So there's a lot of things you like about him, but you probably don't want him playing at all come playoff time, I'd say. You probably want the full Rob Horford. Well, I mean, no, you just, lower your rotation. I mean, that's yeah. how it goes, you know. No, I mean, it's nothing with him. It's just Robin Tice or Robin Horford are so much better. Um, exactly. So hopefully, hopefully Horford's ready for some big time minutes coming the postseason run. Well, and you know, twenty one the night, twenty one the night's a good start. Eme was talking rest uh, and shoot around and such pregame. I, that probably is mostly about Horford, right? You know, he's the guy that they've right. really managed this year, the back to backs and such. Uh, so he's probably who they're looking at through some of the back-to-backs in the year. I know they have three days off at the end of this week coming up, so they have like a weird schedule with a couple of back-to-backs and a bunch of off days down the stretch here, which helps. Um, so they're going to be well-rested. I think their seeding looks good. Uh, so 
right now, like, I don't think there's a ton of questions to ask about this team, but there are little things that they're going to have to tinker with here. And rest is certainly one of them. I don't know. Do Brown and Tatum need nights off here? I'd imagine probably not. Yeah. I don't think they're going to go down that route yet. I mean, we'll see what, how the playoff picture kind of clears up down the stretch. And if it makes sense, then they will. Um, but we're talking about, listen, we're talking about white needing to get on the same page. We're talking about Tice getting some more burn and trying to get, get in the same page. Well, you know, what can help these guys get on the same page, Bobby Coda. Yes. Our sponsor, our sponsor for the garden report is none other than Coda guys. You know, what's great being able to work from anywhere, you know, Bobby, Jimmy doesn't even need a banner. I'm going to, I'm going to pull it here. If I can, I don't need a banner, but I mean, you know, you're working from everyone's working from all over the map right now. You might be, if you might be working from home, you could be at a coffee shop. Maybe you are in the office, but either way, you want to be on the same page as your team, as, as the people in your company. You don't want to be going back and forth with emails and phone calls and texts and all this stuff. Great way to do that is with Coda. So um, let me just get into it real quick. With teams working all across the country, your best work is spread out across documents and spreadsheets and a stack of work for, workflow tools you have to jump in and out of all day. Not with Coda. That's a document that brings it all together for you. It's endlessly customizable. It's connected. There's templates for anything documents, charts, maps, graphs, um, notes, you name it, Coda has it. Um, and it grabs to growing teams, big businesses, small businesses. If you look at the number of companies that use Coda, it's- You've been it using goes, it? Um, I've been checking it out. Yeah, I have been actually. It's pretty cool. Um, you can kind of create your own little sort of roadmap of, your, of what's working for you. If, if it's a small business, if it's just your own personal, you know, Bobby, you're, you're, you could be a bit of a one man band, I'm sure. And, and, and you would be able to use it sort of get everything on track there. Um, everything's synced. So people, multiple people can be working on the same documents from different areas. You don't need to be like saving it and emailing it and then them editing it. So it's all pretty cool that way. Um, no copying and pasting. And it's free. And it's free. So with Coda, you can solve for just about anything. And right now you can get started for free. Have your team all working together on the same page. Head over to coda.io slash garden. That's C-O-D-A dot I-O to get started for free. Coda.io slash garden. You guys check it out. Um, it's free to check out. And you might, you know, you might get a little bit more productivity out of your out of your team. You know, who, nothing gonna, to lose. Who's gonna complain about a little bit more productivity? You get done with your work a little bit early summer fridays are coming up you know you want to get it was the ultimate one right it was like a little summer friday preview if you're in the new england area and i i know people were bombing out of work today at like one (laughs) o'clock so um if you have coda it makes makes it a little easier to do that you know because hey shoot me the shoot me the uh document in coda i'll take a look at it like on my commute home not while you're driving but if you know on the bus or on the subway or something so i'll tell you i love road games on friday because you got to cover a celtics game on friday causeway street after it's like roaming through the jungle with all the bars letting out it's 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 an adventure getting back home after after a celtics game so i'm glad to be working remote here tonight we've had a late one here so i think we'll cut it a little bit early here jimmy gotta get some sleep man you've been working hard today we got got, it's end of the week you know everyone's kind of at the end of their uh end of their what do they call it your, into the west coast your, trip your ropes i guess a little bit yeah, yeah. into the west, west coast trips but um we're going to mountain time next two eight o'clock starts on sunday and monday which are much little better. joker action coming up is that is that what i saw yeah on sunday against the uh, mvp just beat philly i'm on board 
Like I, I've always been a bit of a Jokic skeptic. You see enough of the 40, 15, and 10. Oh, you're on board. You, you, oh, oh, you're, you're officially on board with, uh, with Jokic now. Okay. Well, I've always liked the Bobby stamp of approval. <laughs> I've always liked Embiid more as a player. I think if I had a pick between the two, I'd probably take Embiid. But you just like when you think of the definition of MVP, just value, uplifting a team, uh, doing the most in various different areas. I mean, he's a better defender, I think, than anyone can really imagine who hasn't watched him consistently this year. Uh, he can be a menace on that end some nights. So he's gotten in better shape. Uh, he obviously had a monster game last time he played the Celtics, although nine turnovers. That game, to me, really showed the value of Smart as much as anybody. And I guess uh, related to that, we've been tossing back Rob Smart, Defensive Player of the Year conversation i wrote about it earlier yeah. in the week i kind of want to yeah. see where you fall on that whether you had a pick between smart or rob for the celtics candidate per se to be in the running for that award because they probably deserve someone as the number one defense it's a tough one man i mean i think both guys are so integral to their you know what's working for them i there's something about the way rob rob's been sort of patrolling like all over the place recently that kind of makes me want to give him the edge that being said like i know marcus smart's value defensively and i he has, he definitely has the resume to back it up that he is one of the best defend, defenders in the NBA. But I just the think the stats way, are incredible yeah, with him. I think the way Rob has kind of affected the Celtics on the defensive end this year kind of gives me an edge. Like, man, he just like can show, show shows up out of nowhere and just swats balls. Like even when he doesn't oh get. Oh my a hand god! Did balls, you watch the Warriors game? Yeah. Well, oh. I saw the first half. Um, the yeah, block, that, that the block, block the first yeah. one, yeah, where I think Tatum lost his man. It was Pool or something, and Rob just comes flying through. He had a block like that tonight too, help side, where he just like floated up like Superman right. and swatted the ball from behind. And the, the big, the big, it's like the reemergence of the big man this year. You know, with with Embiid and Jokic kind of going at it for MVP. You've got the Rob. Cavs. They have three bigs at this. Yeah, start. I mean, the it was it was very guard heavy for the last few years, and now it almost feels like the resurgence of the big man is upon us here. So it's nice that Rob um, is even in that discussion because, um, you know, he's dealt with a lot of on, you know, he's trying to get on the court has not been the easiest thing for him over the last few years to start his career. So it's just nice to see him string together um, a season where he's getting that love and he's, and he's earning it. Um, and, and he's not just a standing in the paint It's the quite, quite the opposite of that, really. I mean, he's out guarding wings. He he's can out switch. Yeah, he's switching. He's he's guarding swings, wings. I mean, he'll switch on to bigs. He comes out of nowhere, and and even if he doesn't get a hand on the ball, like he makes it so much more difficult for guys to get a clean shot off. And so, so that's the thing. Like, there's a couple things. I mean, defense as a whole is kind of hard to write numbers up for, right? Like, there's some stuff I think we've gotten better at the last five, ten years or so here with like shots yeah. contested, and I'm sure there's a couple stats like deflections and loose balls recovered and all that different kind of stuff that. Helps you a little bit get an idea of like who's the best on that end, uh, but still like how do you track the amount of shots that Rob alters? Doesn't block, but alters okay. is the last That's comment right. said right there. Like there's a lot of stuff, and even I think the best argument in Smarts and and Rob actually last week uh, advocated for Smart winning the award over himself, saying that Smart pretty much organizes everything, all the communication, right. calling out the opposing plays, like that is stuff. If you're not watching the Celtics every night as a voter that you would have no idea unless you ask someone. So that works in Smart's favor. He obviously has a great reputation, too. I think you ask anyone in the NBA about Smart, and they're like, that's one of the best defenders that's out there. So that might work for him, too. Definitely. The media, I think, is up on that, too. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not not trying to diminish what Smart does. I think I think we can all say that Smart is more of like the glue to the team running on both ends of the court, really. But I just think Rob's, you know, presence right Rob's now. Rob's what makes them special in my yeah, mind. Yeah, Rob's presence, I think is the word, you know, is really affecting them in a positive way on the defensive end. And I think his, you know, that that sort of emergence is is why I'm kind of giving him the edge there. But you can't really like if Marcus Smart makes the team over him, I don't know if anyone's going to say, "Oh, like that's that's wrong." Like Rob was, you know, Rob was hosed or whatever. I mean, they they both have a case, and so maybe they both somehow get on there. Um, it's a good problem to have, I guess. It's good. It's a good. It's a good debate to have because you know the Celtics are playing like the best defense in the NBA, and those two guys are leading the charge. And it's contagious. You know, a lot of what defense is is effort, and it's it's wanting to to play harder than the other guy. It's wanting to be that pain in the ass that gets right up into somebody. I mean, like I, I wasn't on the show against the Warriors, but like Marcus smart diving for that ball against Curry. It's like, that's the, op- that's not a dirty play. Like he did it tonight. Throwing, I don't know why we're throwing that word dirty around. Like it's just like a dirty, like that's a hustle play. And like, you can say it's a little dangerous, but it's, it's always dangerous when a guy hits the deck, you know, it's, it's spur of the moment. These guys are going in a hundred miles an hour out there. You think in their mind, they're like thinking about that was insanity. Where of course you got to talk about and... something. So it, you always got to blame someone when something bad happens. So the debates, right. that's, smart the smart. that's how he plays. And he plays that way. And he did it tonight. First five minutes yeah. against Barnes. He was on the floor forcing a jump ball, the same right. exact play, almost same exact positions and all that. Just Curry's foot kind of went right. under him. And unfortunately that looks like a bad injury for Curry. He might miss the rest of the regular season. So that has big implications yeah. in the West. Yeah. Unfortunate, and I think that's why Kerr was upset. You know, I, don't, I think deep down he knew that it wasn't a dirty play. But if you want to say it's dangerous, or if it's, I don't even know if I'd say it's reckless. It's just a, it's a hustle play. It's you know, it's it's completely fair game. You know, nobody wants to get hurt. Marcus Smart's not trying to hurt anybody. If Curry was on the floor, it might not have happened. Smart right. was just the first one there. Right. So, I know that's a little off the tangent, but that kind of goes hand in hand with just. Marcus Smart style of play on both ends of the court. He's always going to be in the conversation for defensive, you know, for all defense because he's in your face. He's he's all over the place. You know, he's diving for balls. He's going for steals. He's getting up in your grill, and he's not going to back down. So he's always going to be in that conversation. The difference with Rob is I just think he's just able to just sort of get from one side of the court to the other and so quickly um, and switch on to guys and just make it so difficult for offenses to get clean shots off where – that's kind of why I'm, I'm everybody has their part, right? I mean, yeah, I know uh, Tom, uh, Tom Westerholm there. He, he put up a graphic with the analytics that said Horford is the most impactful guy on the defense, <laughs> just because the amount Horford's of had an unbelievable year too on the defensive end. Too. Yeah. And Tatum's been great. I think Tatum leads the league in defensive win shares. If you want to go with that stat and, you know, even Brown can be good at times. It's just a unit that works really good together. So I don't know if you want to do like that all-star thing they did with the Hawks where like all five guys get credit for whatever. I think all five were all-stars that year on Atlanta. Uh, could five guys be the defensive player of the year? Probably not. Could you have co-defensive players of the year in Smart and Rob? That's probably a little more fitting. Uh, but unfortunately, you get the Rudy defensive players of the year. I don't know if you're going to get that. but Rudy's probably just going to win. At least that's what yeah. the odds are saying. <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's like almost like the he just kind of has the – the rain over already. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that would be his third. Rob, Rob's Rob's time is coming though. Let's let's be honest. Like Rob Rob's got years to go here, and I mean, 
Well, no guards won it since 96, Gary Payton. So it'd be really cool if Smart won. I'm rooting for it because that would be a great story. Almost a feather in his cap to his career. I mean, he's not going to be an all-star. He's not going to be an all-NBA guy. He's got a couple of defenses. But you all of a sudden put a defensive player of the year trophy on your case. Here, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's at, I don't think he's there. Um, Smart? Yeah. Defensive player of the year. I mean, are there are there odds out there right now for these? He's players? not in it. Rob's no. in it. So yeah, there's yeah. a big bias for sure. But I do think if you have a guard who's going to do it, a guy with the reputation like Smarts goes a long way because everybody in the media, what do they say? The heart and soul, one of the best defenders, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so like normally a guy like that would be flying under the radar. Whereas Smart, you know, he's got the media reputation. He's got the great reputation around the league for that part of his game so he he's he's gonna do it if anybody's gonna do it here it's just do the Celtics get a guy because of how many people are involved in their defense and Rob Smart probably splitting the vote a little bit on their end so I'd agree they're probably not gonna have a representative in that award but they're the best defense by far and I'm sure they'll roll with that and be happy with that rather than any individual awards um yeah Ime yeah. I saw today climb the ladder coach of the year I think he was third in the athletics list oh, you saw third okay I, I thought I saw like maybe fourth or fifth but it was might have been fourth but he was in that top five so yeah he's in that conversation too Monty Williams um you know yeah, a couple... I saw, um who else did I see up there oh kid was right there yep he deserves it I think Spolster there's a bunch of good names Spolster with the one seed yeah but hey, I mean, that's, I mean, how many first year coaches are in that conversation? I know we just said Jason Kidd is one of them as well, but I mean, it's rare. It's, it's, it's pretty rare um, to be in that conversation so soon. Um, and especially when, you know, the way the season started and Ime was kind of taking some heat from, from, you know, fans and Taylor Jenkins too people. in Memphis. Um, he's really turned it around. I think Ime, and I think maybe it was Rob who said it. He's kind of giving them exactly what they need to hear. He tells, he tells it straight to them. You know, he doesn't sugarcoat things. He challenges them. He calls them out and they responded. And this is the product of them finally responding to that sort of tough love, if that's what you want to call it. Um, and that's what they needed. And that's what everyone said they needed after last season when it's felt like these guys were tuned out and zoned out and not really engaged in the game anymore. Um, you definitely can't say that about them now. They're, they're playing – um, they're playing hard, and it's showing in the wins and loss column. Yeah, the athletics list had Monty number one of Phoenix. I mean, they have an 8,800. Yeah, it's hard to argue that, insane. right? Yeah. <laughs> Eric Spostra. Well, yeah, think about this. Celtics have won 24 of 32 now. That's a 750 winning percentage. The Suns have an 800 for the season, which Unreal. is just insane. Yeah, um, Spostra two, Jenkins four, three, Eme four. Gotcha. And Jason Kidd five, according to the Athletic, uh, so he'll be in the conversation. Good list. It's just, he wins. Again, like again, let's even if he doesn't win, it's just the fact that he's in the conversation that it's it's a great it's a great thing. You know, it's it's nothing that you could be upset about if he doesn't win because, um, you know, how the season started and where it's at right now. Of course, he may has to get a good amount of credit for that. Now it's the players at the end of the day who have to perform, but I do think that he's definitely has. Um, yeah, players respect him. I do think that he has the respect of the players and the respect of the fans now too. I think, um, you know, you're not going to hear, um, as much outcry and, and of, of people challenging sort of some of the decisions that he makes and some of the things that he says, because there's a little 
proven track record to back it up now. So we'll see. We got a little couple more weeks to go here. And then um, my only, I'm not going to call it a concern. My only hesitation with this team is that are, are, are all these other teams going to step it up on the defensive end once the playoffs come around? Are the Celtics just playing harder fair right question. than everybody else? Because yeah. they're relying on that aspect. They're, they, you know, they're, they're ahead of everybody in that sense. Yeah, so we'll that, see. that thing kind of narrows down. Ime got asked about that today. I think he kind of just brushed it off and said all oh, this stuff would translate. Uh, but transition game tightens up a little bit in the playoffs. Shooting becomes a lot more important. That's obviously an area they lack in quite a bit. What they shoot mm-hmm. tonight? Tonight was actually a ridiculous shooting night for them, 55%. Yeah, they were 50%, I think, from three. or That's all Tatum and Brown, essentially, and Pritchard going off. So they have some of those explosive nights in them. Um, But mostly you're talking about a 33 to 36 at best percent three-point shooting team, which is fine. Like That's not the worst in the league, but there's some nights where they really go cold, like 18% against Detroit, a couple bad ones before that. Golden State wasn't great. Uh, So there's lingering concerns with this group, but I'm – I'm very confident. I put myself out there and said they're probably the team to beat in the East. Just the way they're playing, the point differential is number one. Number two in conference record behind Miami. The record's not number one, two-ish, but it could be soon. 11 games to go. They can really work their way up there in the standings. And looks like they're going to hear just based on who they're playing late in the year. And a lot of competition against teams like the Bucks and the Bulls who are in that race. Uh, that road trip to end the year against Chicago, Milwaukee, and Memphis is going to be electric. Um, but 11 to go here. Stretch run really starting to take shape. Our next game's Denver at 8 o'clock on Sunday. Celtics Nuggets out there in Denver. So that'll be a fun one. I'm sure most of the crew will be here for that game. And uh, Jimmy, I believe you are out for that one. So you'll be back Monday. It might right? be out for that one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Real Lucky. quick, too. We'll give him 30 seconds. Aaron Neesmith still out. Sixth straight game with the ankle injury there. Doesn't feel like a return's imminent. Ime got asked today, could he rejoin the rotation? If Joe Sway was here, he'd be shaking his head. I'm not counting on it. I don't know, Jimmy. It's probably just a wash of a second season for him, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't think you're going to be seeing much of Neesmith, uh, unless, unless there's another yeah. injury of some sort. But, um, He's got to be ready. Last year, last year for sure. I mean, he was starting to get a little bit more burn right before that injury. I'm not saying he was making the most of it, but he was getting a little bit of an opportunity. Um, that being said, you know, the bench is far from a lock. Let's be honest. It's not the deepest, uh, bench heading into the playoffs. So, um, if there's a slight opening and E. Smith is healthy enough to play, it's not out of the round of possibilities that he can, you know, reel in some, some deep bench minutes here, but I'm not going to hold my breath, put it that way. All right. Real quick, before we get out of here too, just an update on the March Madness polls. We opened the... So telling everybody about those, I think there's still a day left or so. I know someone's talking about in the chat. They get all the details. But on the Twitter side, I know the YouTube chat's voting too. But uh, Boomer Rage taking it over Brownie Award right now in round one. Again, this is all in March. We'll be doing this throughout. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy's far at 80 to 20 rolling on the Twitter side at least. It's a quotation fart. It's a quotation fart for the record, so... Just uncomfortable convos what's the point of this podcast that one's tight i went with what's the that point was of this a good podcast? one that was honestly like that those are two really good ones that uh that's a tough first that's a tough first round matchup a little sponsor matchup linkedin uh joe sway shocked over 700 million people calm calm a little weak right now i actually voted for the calm because that was a great is calm losing 
Yeah, 55 to 44 on the Twitter wow. side. Now, again, Tom.com, it was like a staple for a while on the show. Again, I think YouTube's going to be mixed with this, and John was reading some different YouTube stuff than I was reading last time, but I'm just looking on the Twitter side. Oh, you're looking on the Twitter side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if you want to pull up the YouTube one, you can, but if I not, I don't just... even know how. But <laughs> we'll be tweeting them out, and they'll be in, um, yeah, they'll be in the chats here. But um, yeah, if you guys. Phenomenal. 96 to 4 over the yeah, panic that, meter. That, that's like the Gonzaga, I think, of. Uh, <laughs> the panic meter got a back. tough one round one. I, panic meter is pretty good, too. I like that. Uh, I am Paul, told I I am told that Calm is winning on YouTube by the way. So, we're getting we're getting results from all over the map right now. So, it's a tight race. Cam, 97 to 3 over Pickles. Pickles didn't last long on the show. I think people forget about that one. Pickle talk. Yeah, that was Jimmy movie. Saturday night. That's coming up to later today obviously. 65 to 35 with the Kemba ACL. Zanis advocating for that. Elite, um, elite. That was an elite show actually. All Bobby round. No Bobby Saturday and the Cornets. Versus Bobby Bobby's love for Canada, 80-20 for the Cornets. Not surprised there. Bobby um, and the Cornets, yeah, that's a good one. And uh, two other regions real quick here. I don't know. We'll update them on Sunday again. Yeah, later. we'll do Sunday. So All right. That's that for now. Stay tuned. Stay everybody in the chat. have a great weekend. A little, Maybe a little delayed St. Paddy's Day celebrations for, for everybody out there over the weekend. I know in Boston they'll be going strong for the next couple of days here, so. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I mean, we are a Celtics show, so we should acknowledge, um, you know, St. Patrick and the luck of the Irish to everybody. So happy St. Patrick's Day to everyone out there. Yep, Celtics Nuggets, 8 o'clock. Tip, 10.30-ish postgame show. And we will be back with a ginormous show. And someone in the comments want <laughs> to hear that. <laughs> Bobby Manning, Jimmy Toscano. Uh, for sure, Blakely, John Zanis, and Joe Sway, we will see you on Sunday. See ya.